0: father's lightsaber. What's lightsabers,
1: precious?
0: Hello, and welcome to What's Lightsabers, Precious? The Lord of the Rings of Star Wars podcast where we waste time on fictional wikis. My name is Ryan. And my
1: name is Joanna.
0: Hello, Joanna.
1: Hello, Ryan. Hey, uh, you know what marks a, a
0: successful show? Um, usually it's uh, way too many seasons. You <coughs> talk about it around the water cooler. You can chit-chat about, do you see what X did last night? I can't believe they did that to Y. My goodness. Um, also, it needs to have dragons in it well
1: sure okay that's a lot of stipulations what i was just gonna say is that it's successful um and uh, financially beneficial enough to warrant uh, a renewal for a new season and guess what's already got renewed for a second season
0: Wait, the Lord of the Rings show?
1: Yes. It has not not filmed a single episode and it has already been renewed for a second season. show a lot of promise then, huh? Well, they are definitely banking on it. It's got a lot of people who've been associated with very successful shows. It's got people from Breaking Bad. It's got people from The Sopranos. um, And they're they're all sort of like co-producers and and sort of peripheral figures to my mind. But I guess Amazon is like just they're already feeling really good about it. They already got a
0: great feeling. They put all their money on red
1: yep uh, red being Lord of the Rings red. and so it has already been renewed so they're going to film the first two episodes then they're going to go on a hiatus for four to five months to write the second season then they're going to resume filming
0: wait so they're going to film
1: they're not going to air uh, those two episodes so gonna... until the other ones are, gonna, are done but... hang
0: on why? I don't understand they're going to film two episodes yeah they're going to go on a break yeah to write the second season. Yeah. And then come back and film the rest of the first season. Yeah. Four months after the first set of episodes, of two episodes. Yeah. Which will presumably have the same characters as the third and fourth episodes that they'll be recording. Yeah. And so, why?
1: I guess it's more cost effective. I don't know why, but the article I read said it was more cost effective. Seems, I have no choice but to take them at their word.
0: Seems dumb but again i, I guess it takes re- up a lot of money
1: to start up a production so rather than well, finishing writing the second season and then like getting the production all set up again they're just gonna leave it for four to five
0: months no they gotta start it up again they can't just leave sets up for ryan four months. ryan they don't they just start up twice <laughs> ryan <laughs> they don't <laughs> okay oh, my goodness. this article leads me to believe that they don't well if the article says so articles can't lie about Awful planning. Good news so gracious. So that's
1: the Lord of the Rings news. What's your Star Wars news?
0: Big news, everybody. We thought it wasn't possible, but the people have spoken. Baby Yoda merch is coming to you for the holidays. Oh,
1: thank God. For those of you who aren't in the yo yet, Ryan can explain who Baby
0: Yoda is. Uh, it's a Yoda baby. So and, it's not um, actually
1: Yoda. Like the character Yoda, it's not Yoda as a baby.
0: It's a Yoda so get ba- out
1: of the way, that out of the way for some all you. Some call
0: it the Boda. Some call it the Yodeler. Uh, some call it um, little Yodums. Uh, we call it Baby Yoda around here. And Disney said they weren't sure if they're going to have enough uh, merch ready because they were trying to keep it all secret under wraps that Baby Yoda was a thing. But now e- the articles are like, "Good news, everybody! There's epic new Baby Yoda merch coming." And you click on the article, and it's like a T-shirt.
1: That is epic.
0: Epic for the, and the win. The T-shirt <laughs> is pretty epic of the most epic baby. Epic babies. This side. This side of Baby Geniuses. Of baby Geniuses.
1: Two super
0: babies. <laughs> And look who's talking, too. Uh, so get out there, everybody, and make sure you vote with your wallet and buy that, that Baby Yoda, Yoda, buy Baby Buy a t-shirt baby. with
1: an epic baby on it. Epic
0: baby. A lot of
1: people are getting all up in arms that people are calling it Baby Yoda but because it's not Yoda
0: as a baby. I'm going to talk about this in a future episode about what we call Yoda's species. But that's one of these things that George Lucas has always maintained is that Yoda's species must never be named.
1: He picks a lot of weird hills to die on, and that is certainly one of them.
0: And when you ask him about, like, what is Yoda? What species is he? He's like, he has two answers. He has, one, he's a frog. Uh-huh. Or two, he very says, funny, he's the offspring of Kermit and Miss Piggy. Very funny, George. Which is very, very funny. funny. I, I throw forth another theory. He's a, it, it's a baby Deet. From the Dark it Crystal. It does
1: look like Deet from the Dark Crystal. If you haven't series. watched
0: the, the, the Netflix Dark Crystal, Deet and Baby Yoda, they share quite a few similarities. Well, they've got the pointy ears, they've got the big dark eyes. They got wings. Um they're all the same character. So anywho. Baby Yoda is tops, though. And I guess um, Werner Herzog was moved to tears when he first saw it. And I guess it is my Star Wars news is that Werner Herzog was moved to tears by baby Yoda. Werner Herzog
1: cried. He said he said it was both beautiful and heartbreaking. So it was
0: heartbreaking. he said that, yeah, this this wonderful German director just being like, I saw the baby Yoda and it broke my heart. Everyone on set was crying. The baby Yoda. I'm not even convinced that he knew Yoda. what Star Wars like anything about Star Wars at all before going into this show. The Mandalorian is what we're talking about.
1: Uh The Mandalorian. I'm not sure that he even knew anything about
0: Star Wars, but he saw that baby. And he knew. I just love seeing Werner Herzog being like, "Put down your blaster." Does anyone say the word blaster is really funny to me. Anywho, German people are
1: funny. Isn't it funny how they don't pronounce things the same up. as us? I'm
0: talking about just Werner Herzog, the serious documentary man, is being like, "Put down your blaster." Like it's very good to me.
1: I still don't know why he's in Star. Wars. I'm not mad about it, no, but it's very don't question weird. it.
0: We love him. We, we stand a legend. Now, Joanna, you taught me about the crazy production cycle of the Lord of the Rings TV show, which could be good or bad. But do you have any other things to share with me of the Middle Earth knowledge from the from the tomes, your dusty tomes you've dusted off and opened, cracked open and deciphered from Elvish into uh, English speech?
1: Well, if I didn't, it would be a very short episode indeed. All so right, that's it, guys. Yes. Do No, Bye. I have things. Okay. I have things, Ryan. Actually, I have something that I've been kind of trying to put off for as long as humanly possible. That thing is Arnor.
0: Arnor. Do you remember what Arnor is? What is Arnor? It's a land. Okay. It's a type of land. A type of land, specifically? I believe it's north. Uh huh, it is north. Of Gondor? Yes. Perhaps? And. Um, Relatively speaking, we've yes. You've mentioned it in previous episodes, but I couldn't tell you its major significance.
1: Okay, well that's fine, that's fine, because I've actually been somewhat loath up till now to focus an entire episode on Arnor Arnor, because it's exceedingly complicated.
0: Well, okay,
1: but- like this is where Tolkien really shines at making his fictional nations and orders of succession every bit as convoluted
0: as the real deal. Okay. Um, well, give me give me the simple version. Give me the well. It's the not going to be that simple, but it's as simple as I can make it. Give me one that'll fit into half an hour of clean podcast audio. Uh,
1: we're gonna need to check in several times to make sure you're following me, and I've also got pictures. Hopefully, the pictures will help. It'll they help certainly the- won't help the listener because this is an auditory <laughs> medium, but that's okay. Um, The story of Gondor, the southern kingdom of the Numenorians, is pretty straightforward, right? Uh, you got a city lost to Sauron's forces here, a break in the line of kings here, a palantir falling into the river over here, but it's more or less one cohesive kingdom and order of succession the whole way through. Mm-hmm. But that is not the case with Arnor, uh, Gondor's northern counterpart. And the reason that's not the case with Arnor can be summed up with one word, Angmar.
0: Oh, yeah, I know Angmar, Comma, which, the Witch, King, Witch King, of. King of. Yes. It's north of Gondor. Would you call it Gondor's Canada? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if Gondor were founded by the same people as the United States, but, like, profoundly dysfunctional and the Yukon and the Northwest Territories seceded and were constantly fighting each other over the watchtower of Amun-Sul, then yes, it would be exactly Gondor's Canada. And they have
0: a king who does blackface. Um, I can't remember how many times he's done it. And is
1: very good at falling downstairs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely good. If you right. will learn one thing about Arnor's other kings, we're great at falling downstairs.
0: Great falls on those guys. Yes.
1: All right, let's back up a bit. All so. Right. Arnor was founded in 3320 by Elendil and his sons, uh, this is the second age, after their island kingdom of Numenor sank into the sea. Under circumstances we remember well. Arnor was the first kingdom founded by the Numenorians in exile. Gondor was founded later.
0: Oh, it's pre-Gondor. Um, as they
1: worked their way south, yes. And actually, for most of history, Arnor, not Gondor, was the more central of the kingdoms. This is largely because Gilgalad and his people lived right across the river from Arnor, mm. the elves. And as we know, Gilgalad, king of the elves, was pretty instrumental in the Numenorians getting a foothold in Middle-earth after their island sank into the sea. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's their, their, uh, what do you call it?
1: Their guy. Yeah, he was their guy. In modern political terms, he was their guy. He was their guy. Yeah. Now, as with any colonialists, the question arises, who did the Numenoreans steal land from to make their kingdom?
0: The Native Americans.
1: Well... Actually, this is a rare case of a colony being founded and it not being completely horrific. Oh, just huh? Yeah, before the foundation of Arnor, there were actually already a sizable Numenorean population living there. And this has become, Numenorians have been slowly immigrating there since the time of Tar Men- Meneldur and Tar Aldarion. Remember Aldarion? Yeah, so like, they're,
0: they're already their boys there and they're like, oh, hey.
1: Yeah, Aldarion and his buddies were going to Middle-earth all the time and a lot of those buddies stayed and created their own bud hole in the area that would later become Arnor. For the buds. Yeah. You
0: know, a hole for the buds. A hole for
1: the buds. A bud hole. Now, prior to that, there were, of course, people already living in that land. These were the Edain. Remember, Edain are the people who helped the Elves in the First Age. Yes, the best kind of men. The Numenorians are also Edain, right? Uh but they were Edain who relocated to Numenor after Morgoth was defeated. Meanwhile, some Edain stayed behind in Middle-earth and these are the people who were living in what would later become Arnor before the Numenorians started moving there.
0: The original gangsters. Yes.
1: Uh they weren't as long-lived as the Numenorians and they weren't as kingly and magical and whatever, but they were basically the same stock. Were they as tall? I don't think so. They certainly weren't eight feet tall (laughs) like Helen did. They certainly weren't Isildur's giant dad. Alright, I'm I'm sad. Yes. Uh so the indigenous population and the Numenorians did what a lot of human populations do upon initially encountering each other and they interbred. So yay! No genocide. They
0: taught them how to plant corn. And survived the winter.
1: And the Numenoreans introduced rifles, which was later proved disastrous. Um, and
0: smallpox blankets.
1: Yes. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no genocide, kind of. Uh, later, some quote, uh, end quote, hillmen came into the picture, which implies they got pushed out from somewhere, but. Some
0: hills, probably. Yeah,
1: but let, let's conveniently ignore them for now. Okay. Anywho, when Elendil, a.k.a. Isildur's giant dad, arrived in Arnor, the people there, unlike his own Numenorians, were mainly still friends with the elves. Remember, the uh were very mistrustful of the elves uh, ever since Sauron showed up and kind of started sowing those seeds yeah. of discord and yeah. made his own little satanic religion and all that, convinced them to go fight God. So also, a great thing about Arnor as opposed to Gondor in the beginning is that much knowledge of the Elder Days was preserved, perhaps in part because they were still friends with the elves so things were going like really great there sounds like it was all right yeah. yeah under the reign of their first king elendil uh here's a map of uh gondor and arnor from that time i i don't like that it's in impact font at all but anyway
0: here it is <laughs> some kind of meme
1: it looks like arnor and gondor are both memes oh, so uh, arnor is
0: actually significantly bigger than gondor
1: yep arnor is huge arnor is huge it's all stretched across areador encompassing the land that would later become the shire sure yeah okay yep and then it's actually not, the barters of it are actually not that crazy far from Gondor's. Yeah, but they're the not like, they're borders. not like
0: bordering on each other either, like I thought. They're oh, of, you thought
1: they were right next to each other? Oh,
0: again, I thought it was like uh, the Gondor Canada, but this is more like um, Gondor's Alaska. G- or Greenland. Greenland, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they've got all of Enidwaith, uh, Moria, Lothlorien uh, in between them. But they're relatively close to each other, and Arnor is relatively large. It was pretty extensive. Mm-hmm. The original capital of Arnor was the city of Enuminus, which was founded by King Allendil himself in uh, Second Age 3320, shortly after his arrival in Middle-earth. Anuminus remained the capital of the realm for several centuries, and it was home to the Anuminus stone, one of the three Palantiri of the North Kingdom. Ooh, cool. Which I do think we talked about, but it was like a year ago.
0: I remember everything. It was
1: also home to the quote Scepter of Anuminus, which was the symbol of kingship in Arnor. Um it was really Bitchin, presumably. I don't know. Bichon. I don't know. Uh and, but anyway, this was Arnor at its height. Unfortunately, in absolute or even relative terms, the good times did not last long. In fact, Arnor started to screw the pooch with its very next king, Isildur.
0: Oh, we know him. Yeah,
1: you remember Isildur, right? So what's Isildur's
0: story? Uh, he... he done goofed up. He done goofed up. In what way did he done goofed up? Let's just say he done goofed up. So, he fought in the War of the Ring. yes. He well, not
1: the War of the Ring. That was what
0: Frodo and Sam were the in. The, war the last
1: alliance of, of men and, men and elves. elves. He
0: chopped the dang finger off of the dang Sauron. He took the dang ring for his darn self. And then done got killed and lost it.
1: Yep, he got killed by orcs uh, at the Battle of Gladden Fields. So. And
0: his sword got broken and it was up to Aragorn to put them pieces back together. together.
1: Yep, so it's Isildur, the second king of Arnor, who was... Also King of Gondor, by the way. Mm -hmm. King of Arnor was High King of Gondor as well. Oh, okay. Uh, Was killed in the year two of the Third Age. So he made it two whole years into the New Age uh, in the disastrous Battle of the Gladden Fields.
0: This will be a great age for me. I see it. There's positivity all the way My goodness, what a good age this will be. Uh, The
1: One Ring fell into the water, and Deagle found it 500 years later, and so on and so forth.
0: We know the story.
1: Isildur had four sons, which you would think would bode well for the succession. But the three eldest sons were killed along with him. Leaving the last boy. Leading baby boy, Valandil to survive and become the king of Arnor. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, he's gotta. Now, an important note, Valandir and his heirs did not claim the throne of Gondor. Up until now, the king of Arnor had done double duty as the high king of Gondor, but Valandir just had, like, so much other shit going on that the realms were split. I see. Isildur's nephew, Meneldil, became king of Gondor and the source of its line of succession
0: can like, install some governors or something? Uh, mm, like, middle yeah, managers? Yeah. No, you or... can't,
1: Right? It's all about kings. Okay? I know. Like... It's all about kings in Tolkien. Literally nobody mm. had ever thought of a democratically elected official in any capacity. How all right?
0: About, how about just, like, a, a middle, middle management, like, an assistant king, maybe? Uh... Like...
1: Yeah. I mean, in a way, that's what the kings of Gondor had been up until then. Yeah. But no more. No more. Because Arnor just had way too much going on. All right. So all it's all about Meneldir. Now, previously, Isildur's little bro, Anarion, had been in charge of Gondor, but you might remember he got crushed by a rock during the last alliance of men and elves. Sure, yes. Sauron's dudes threw a rock off, like, some ramparts and crushed him to death. So his son Meneldeer, a.k.a. Sildor's nephew, is now the king of Gondor, and that succession will continue until the line of kings fails, because the last... Last King, Arnor, decides to 1v1 um, Sauron's forces. So, um, anywho, Gondor was pretty stable at this time, but meanwhile Arnor just kept getting shittier. Due to the heavy losses in the war against the forces of Sauron and the disaster of the Gladden Fields, the Dunedain, remember that's another name for Numenorgans, population of the north began to slowly decline. As in, most of the city's leadership had been killed, all its able-bodied warriors were away for like a decade, and Ennuminas was therefore a sitting duck for raiders and bandits. So the capital, Ennuminas, became totally deserted sometime between 3rd Age 250 and 3rd Age 861. Here's a picture of Ennuminas at its height so we can pour out a 40 for it.
0: It looks pretty nice. Is that from a game? It's like
1: definitely from a video game. A lot of these pictures are definitely from video games. This might be from Lord of the Rings Online. I was going to say, yeah. I'm pretty sure this is from Lord of the Rings Online. Would it still be
0: active though in Lord of the Rings Online? I
1: I don't know if you travel back in time or in exactly what context it appears in Lord of the Rings Online because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I was going to say that takes
0: place during like the actual story of the books. Yeah, Lord of the Rings
1: Online. Yeah, Lord of the Rings Online takes place
0: at the end of the third age.
1: But anyway, here's a numinous from Lord of the Rings Online. It looks nice. It's surrounding a lake. It's got a lot of bridges going over the lake, Mm -hmm. kind of around it. It's a nice
0: And 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 castley. Type Plenty of things.
1: greenery. It's kind of like. Escaroth, but like a lot nicer and less like redneck.
0: It's kind of like ancient Greece a little bit. A little
1: bit. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I think that would be uh fitting with the time period we're talking about. Now at that point, a settlement called Fornost was chosen as the new capital, because Enuminus was just like too vulnerable and totally depopulated. Now, Fornost, that
0: is a place we did go in Lord of the Rings online. Yes,
1: we have been to Fornost. Do it, you
0: remember what Fornost is like? It was on the way it was in, it was like by Weathertop, wasn't it? It was like around that area, mm-hmm, maybe? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly, but I remember that was, like, one of the places we could ride our horses to.
1: Yes, to Fornost. Um, yeah. Fornost was chosen because it was seen as more defensible than a Numinas. It had a number of other names, such as Fornost-Erain, Norbury of the Kings, King's Norbury, and Deadman's Dyke, the latter of which should give
0: you a pretty good hint where this story is going. Probably good places. Probably great places. I feel pretty good about this place. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's... Deadman's Dyke. It's a guy named... It's a guy Nick. named
1: Steve Deadman. Um, the Dyke starts to leak, so he sticks his finger, finger in, in it, it, and he becomes a local hero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why it's called Deadman's I Dyke. I love it, yeah. Yeah. you love to see it. In 861, Arnor's 10th king, Erendur, died. Erendur had three sons and everything I read emphasizes that these sons sucked like they are universally described as petty that is the word that is used in almost every (laughs) article (laughs) so they fought over rule of Arnor which led to a bloody civil war and the eventual partition of Arnor into three separate kingdoms I have told you multiple times before that you do not need to memorize the names of these three kingdoms but this time you do oh no yep you're about to have to learn them I am very very sorry but don't worry because like only one of them matters then I'll memorize them that one. The eldest son, Amleth claimed kingship over all Arnor. He was the rightful, I guess, successor because he was the oldest son, right? But he was reduced to only ruling one third of the kingdom, uh, Arthedain, as uh, his own realm. While the other sons founded the kingdoms of Cardolan and Ruudar. Amleth's brothers were never named, so all we know is that they sucked ass.
0: We don't need to worry about them then, Essentially. <laughs> but anyway, side.
1: here's a map of Arthedain, Cardolan, and Ruudar. So okay. here in red, mostly the northwest portion is Arthadyne. Sure. Cardalan is this green portion here to the south. And then Ruadar is the one that's in the east. And the fact that it's most eastward is going to bode very ill for it in just a minute here. Now note that the, uh, Arthodyne retained ownership of Anumanas, the capital. Not that it matters because Anumanas was like full on empty at this point. <laughs> Arthodon also contained the lands that would later become the Shire. These lands literally got so empty that centuries later, the king of Arthodon gave them to some random little people who showed up out of nowhere because it was better than just doing nothing with them. Sure. Uh, Amlaith's reign in Arthodon was largely a peaceful one, though border disputes with the realms of Cardolan and Ru- uh, Rudar never ceased, especially over Amansul and the Weather Hills. So Weathertop.
0: Right. Weathertop. Okay.
1: Always fighting over
0: Weathertop. They love that dang hill. Well,
1: reason being, there was a palantir up there.
0: That's a good reason if I do it. Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: mm-hmm. Speaking of Palantiri, Arthur got both the Palantir of Enuminas and the Scepter of Annuminas for whatever that was worth. Lucky, lucky. Uh, it was under Amleth's rule that the capital was formally removed from Annuminas to Fornost due to the dwindling of the people. Here's some pics of Fornost that are also definitely from a video game.
0: Oh, sure enough. So, so, so explain like, what you it looks see. Looks more like um, maybe like illustration from like a Lord of the Rings card game or something. But I see a, a castle wall. There's a gate. There's um, there's uh, statues of knights on top. I thought it was almost like a unicorn because the sword is kind of like... Sticking out th- like a
1: horn, but it's st- not. It's
0: actually the sword. I was very excited um, that
1: there were unicorn statues, but there aren't. But
0: the castle uh, in front of it is a like a phalanx of men, soldiers, holding up uh, tower shields and spears as if to defend it from some oncoming threat. Along, t- along top of the walls are the same sort of things. This, this, What I understand is that this place is pretty well defended.
1: Yep, it looks pretty robust, doesn't it? Certainly more of a... This is a less robust picture of it. Less robust picture.
0: I don't see a bunch of guys. I don't see I don't like, see giant unicorn statues on the walls. It still looks like a like a fort though. It's got like a big, you know, stone wall around the I mean, the it outside. essentially was
1: a fort. It had to be. Right. Uh, yeah, because it was constantly under attack.
0: But it's not like in a great location. How do you know? Like should be up more. should have, like, it's on, like, real flat land, just, like, in the middle of a dang field. Well,
1: Tolkien didn't specify, and maybe the people who made this painting were not great, like, a military, like, strategic. I mean, I'm not
0: saying I am, but, like, at least put a moat around that bad boy. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. No, uh, I-, I don't know if they did. Uh, we don't know very much about it. But, uh, okay, so we've got Arthodyne kind of taking over as the spiritual successor to Arnor.
0: Mm-hmm. We've
1: got Cardolan and Rudor, like, not really doing anything much except beefing with Arthodyne over topics. And it's Palantir. So good so far? You can over turf. You yep. can over turf. So, okay, good. Because we're about to add a fourth kingdom into the oh, mix. Oh, I thought Alien Memories The three. kingdom, you know this one, of Angmar. Ooh, that's the witch kingdom. Yep. Angmar was founded around 1300 of the Third Age in the far north of the Misty Mountains by the Lord of the Ringwraiths, who became known as the Witch King of
0: Angmar. And they signed the Declaration of Witch Dependence. Witch It's... <laughs> The, we, yeah. we should
1: make a musical about that a yeah. hamilton style musical
0: about the witch, witch king of angmar yeah it would be really things great yeah. how he
1: cheated on his wife and mm-hmm. his son was killed in a duel yeah, and yeah, he was yeah. just
0: never the same and he helped make the economic system of angmar and and... he did
1: he did beefing with thomas jefferson at every available opportunity the witch king came north to attend uh, to attack the Dunedain of arnor because the fact that they had split up made them an easier target than gondor sure Angmar was able to recruit a load of, quote, evil men, who we don't know much about except they were evil. Possibly they were related to the Easterlings. Uh, Some of them were probably the aforementioned hillmen. Who knows? But anywho, these evil men lived at the chief fortress of Angmar, which was called Karn Doom. So here is the situation once Angmar arrives on the scene. So
0: Angmar's in the north uh, of these three... Uh, uh, nations and... Karn Doom
1: is up all the way up in the mountains, the far c- north of the Misty Mountains. It's
0: significantly smaller than the rest of them it looks like.
1: It is significantly smaller but it has a lot of quote-unquote evil men, so... A lot of
0: evil men. Again, I think evil is kind of relative. I think it's that's a judgment call. Um, what makes them... Maybe they thought they were the good guys.
1: Well, in the case of the Hillmen, they probably
0: did. They probably were. Because it
1: seems like they might potentially have been there before the Edain were. But uh, that's, uh, we're gonna again conveniently ignore that for now. So soon after Angmar was founded, it waged war against the divided Dunedain realms of Arthedain, Cardolan, and Rudar. The witch king subverted Rudar; It was the furthest east, right? And he was able to do this because A, he allied with some of the native hillmen and actually replaced their king with a hillman. And B, Rudar was weak as shit. So by far the weakest of Arnor's successor kingdoms. You are the weakest link.
0: Goodbye. Goodbye. Only 2000s kids will- That was like a very relevant joke 20 years ago. In like 2001. One,
1: if that. Um, the Witch King replaced Rudar's Dunedain king, as I said, with one of the native hillmen. Now, under the Witch King's control, Rudar invaded Arthodyne in third age 1356. And Arthodyne's King Argoleb I got killed. Uh, you don't really need to remember his name. All you need to remember is that the Arthodyne kings get killed a lot. Why? Just tell me! Because, just because, there might be- You're just giving me
0: freaking words. There might be
1: somebody who's a little bit more intellectual than you listening to this podcast. Doubtful. However, fortunately, the kingdom of Cardolan decided to stop being a petty anus for two seconds, and with the aid of the armies of Cardolan, Arthodyne managed to maintain a line of defense along the Weathered Hills. Very good. At this point, Cardolan was Arthodyne's most important ally. Remember, Rudar is, is gone. It's gone. It's taken by Angmar. It's gone. So just Cardolan, Cardolan, and Arthodyne now, right? Alright, so Cardolan was Arthodyne's most important ally, so the Witch King wanted it gone. He harassed the hell out of them until the only place left for them to live was the Barrow Downs.
0: Oh, uh, that's not. That's where dead people live. Well,
1: it was okay until the Witch King sent a bunch of evil spirits to live in the Barrow Downs, so the people of Cardolan couldn't even live there anymore. You guys, can catch a break. Um, I always like to make a note of this. The Barrow Downs were not originally haunted. The haunting of the Barrow Downs is a completely manufactured haunting arranged by the Witch King. The spirits haunting the Barrow Downs are not indigenous to the Barrow Downs. They have pushed the indigenous spirits, not to mention the people of Cardolan, off their land and erected an evil Walmart there. Well.
0: It like paved a over more the more evil one Paved right. over the barrow downs and put up a
1: Haunting lot. Haunting <laughs> You tried, Ryan. A
0: darking lot. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> a darking blot. Ooh,
1: on the land. Yeah. evil. The Witch King wasn't finished with Cardolan, though. In 1409, he sent an even stronger host to invade the kingdom, surround Weathertop, and kill Arthodyne's King Arvaleg, son of King Argoleb, who got killed the last time. So kings are just getting bumped off left and right. I, mean, I, can, like,
0: I can't keep track of all these dead kings. Tell me when one actually lives. I can't
1: either. Uh, none of them. Historically, the only job more dangerous than commercial fishermen is King of Arthodyne.
0: Like an ice road trucker right. or a king crab fisherman.
1: Now, fortunately, the elves showed up to help Arthodyne beat back the witch king's forces again just barely but cardolan was officially no more so we've lost Rudwar and we've lost cardolan now funny Alrighty. side story funny side story Arthedain did manage to take cardolan's land from angmar for a hot minute and revive the kingdom under Arthedain's rule but the people of cardolan didn't actually want to be a kingdom anymore on account of all the ghosts everywhere so cardolan disappeared a second time due to lack of interest <laughs> so i'm telling you these kingdoms were really pathetic
0: they sound dumb. I, yes. don't, I don't even know about these. They're, they're not there anymore. Well,
1: Arthodyne wasn't as dumb, but Rudar and Cardolan definitely really what dumb. What impact
0: does this have on my history? My future? I hate to
1: tell you, but nothing in this podcast ever has anything to do on any impact whatsoever on your life.
0: I thought it was true history from the Third Age.
1: Well, you've been badly deluded. Well, Tolkien said I don't know what part of this comes from a fictional book you did. You missed, but... Oh, okay. Now, anywho, with help from the elves, Arthodyne struggled on for another 500 years. The end came in 1974 of the Third Age when Angmar launched a final assault on Arthodyne.
0: They released the movie
1: Jaws. They released it in 1974 when they released the movie Jaws, and Angmar was so scared that they
0: just (laughs) called it all off. I think that's when Jaws came out. Anyway. Uh,
1: (laughs) Now, um... Angmar took Fornost, the mm-hmm. capital of Arthedain, and destroyed the last kingdom of the Dúnedain in the north. King Arvidgley of Arthedain fled north, but he and his party drowned in the Ice Bay of Forashell. So again, another king bites the dust. They took the Palantir of Anúminas down with them, also, by the way. Sank to the bottom
0: of right, the sea. Right, remember you telling me that. It sank lost, to the bottom lost of the, to the, bay. Lost to the sea.
1: Yes. As for the scepter of Anúminas, it eventually ended up with Elrond somehow, and he probably returned it to Aragorn once Aragorn took the throne. Probably. The summer after Arthedain was destroyed for good, the summer after, everybody's dead, right? Okay, the yeah. summer after, Prince Arnor of Gondor arrived to aid Arthodyne. You're so, yeah. Great timing! Right on time,
0: buddy. Nice!
1: So his army, along with the remaining Dunedain, the Elves of Linden, a company of hobbit archers?
0: Whoa.
1: And elves led by Glorfindel from Rivendell utterly defeated the force of Angmar in the Battle of Fornos, which was great, except everybody was dead already. You see, the Witch King's dudes were living in Fornos by this time. And by the way, the part about the hobbit archers blew my mind a little bit. That's wild.
0: I thought they'd never left the Shire to do anything.
1: I know. I don't think I knew hobbits, first of all, had archers. And second of all, had ever fought alongside elves and men. Must have been like Bree hobbits, not those namby-pamby and hobbits.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, the Witch-King, unfortunately, escaped the slaughter and fled to Mordor. After this battle, Glorfindel made his famous prophecy that the Witch-King would be killed by no man, which Eowyn beat on a technicality. Yeah. But overall, the Witch-King had achieved his master's wishes. The power of the Dunedain of the North was destroyed until the reign of Aragorn as King Elisar in the Fourth
0: Age. You love to see a success story. You love to see
1: a success story. Absolutely. Rags to riches. Rags to to riches, to really, really rags, to just like like sh- like shitty rags trampled into the dirt underneath the porta potty. Yeah, to, to riches again. It's good. Riches again, like you know, like a thousand years later. Uh, Fornost was an abandoned husk. One thousand years later, it would become known as Deadman's Dyke for being probably kind of haunted, and even its ruins were grown over with grass. Now. Right. Following the defeat of Angmar, its forces west of the Misty Mountains were completely shattered and ceased to exist. The parts of it extending to the east of the Misty Mountains were wiped out by the ancestors of the Rohirrim,
0: Horse boys. They, they,
1: they were in the Northern Territory before they went south to Rohan, if you remember. Mm, yes. The original people of Arnar were mostly wiped out by all these wars, but the hobbits survived in the Shire, men survived in Bree and probably other villages, and the Dunedain of Arnar created new homes in the Angle, south of Rivendell, where some of them became known as the Rangers of the North.
0: Aha, uh-huh, okay.
1: As King Elisar, Aragorn refounded the Kingdom of Arnor as part of the Reunited Kingdom and made a numinous his summer capital.
0: Oh, so, I know that's he had where a he sub- go to
1: cool down when it got too hot in Gondor. So that's his
0: Mar-a-Lago. That's his,
1: that's his Mar-a-Lago. Oh, God. Yeah, that's his Mar-a-Lago. Okay,
0: he plays golf up there. He definitely
1: spent like two-thirds of his time there, played a lot of golf, mm-hmm. met with a lot of shady characters from like foreign cartels and, uh, you know, d- d- uh, 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 despotisms.
0: De- Jeffrey F. C. Jeffrey, yeah,
1: yeah. Met, met, met with a lot of pederasts. I'm just kidding, you you're a good king, you're not
0: like. That are are Cheeto in Chief.
1: Now, after the very fun Cheeto in Chief, where do you come up
0: with this? I'm pretty, I got kind of a. Oh my God! What can I say? I'm pretty, I got a kind of a view that's a little askew. I'm a little twisted.
1: <laughs> Anywho. After the fall of Sauron, Arnor was safe again for human habitation. And although it remained less populated than Gondor to the south, in time, Arnor became a more densely populated area again, even when it had dwindled in size due to the independence of the Shire. This is the reunited king in Aragorn's age. So here's Gondor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All the way over here to the Lake of Rune.
0: Sure, yeah.
1: Goes around Rohan. They're not going to take Rohan's lands. Here's 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 the north part. And then you see this little blob in here that's not green. This is
0: Shire. That's the Shire. It's like Hamtramck.
1: It's like Hamtramck, basically. Detroit. That's a Detroit that's joke. That's a Detroit joke. All you people who live in Detroit are rolling on the floor laughing. <laughs> and that's what I have for you. That's Arnor. Now, do you feel like you have a grasp on Arnor now?
0: Um. Okay. So can't say that I do. uh Just that I. It sounds like it started bad and got worse. worse? No, and- it
1: started really good, but it got bad
0: pretty fast. Didn't sound like it had a great foundation to begin with, and then
1: the first king was fine. It was like the second king.
0: It just seems like a like a a place did that did a doo doo. But it is interesting that. Like that's where the hobbits live and where Bree is and stuff. Because it's like when you jump in with the hobbits and the Fellowship of the Ring, you're like, oh, this place is pretty nice.
1: It's just like they've lived here forever, right? right? Seems- no, no, they didn't show up until the year 1600 of the Third
0: Age. That's interesting. Yeah, that's
1: interesting. they've actually only lived there for like 1500 years by the events of Lord you know, of the Rings. And they're
0: traveling through it in the films and the book, and it seems like a pretty decent place. It's not like war torn or like battle scarred. No, it's empty. It's, it's
1: empty because it got totally depopulated,
0: right? Which is so nature reclaimed it. So. Mm-hmm
1: really the only people living up there in the hobbits' times besides hobbits are, like, the men of Bree and, like, just woodsmen.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. is interesting. Mm-hmm. In my humble and opinion. And it's all
1: because... It's all because of those three petty-ass sons. Yeah. Those three petty-ass sons who split it into two kingdoms. One decent and two that sucked.
0: You should have made one... If it was... You know, in my opinion, if it were me, if I was there, I would simply create one good, king- good kingdom.
1: Instead of making three kind of bad ones, yes, I would simply have done the opposite of that. I
0: would simply make one nice kingdom... And not have three bad ones. I would simply not lose to Angmar. It'd be very easy. All you have to do is just not lose. I wonder why they didn't think of that. If only they had me there to give them guidance. I would have done the right thing. You were born in the wrong era. You would have been a great military tactician. I simply would have done the right thing that they didn't, and I would have been better at it.
1: Absolutely. Well, what do you have for me, Ryan?
0: Well, it's the, it's the, the, the word hot on everyone's tongue right now and the alleyways of dim spaceports and corners of cantinas. I don't think I want
1: to talk about hot at, tongues in alleyways.
0: At, it's the word that everyone's talking about. Everyone's whispering it behind the back. They're saying, the Mandalorian, the, the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian. 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 And you're probably saying to yourself, what What? What the heck in heck is a Mandalorian? I feel like that's pretty entry
1: level, but maybe some people are saying that. I don't
0: well, know. Okay. Since you're clearly not entry-level, since you're at this... I'm an this, expert
1: now. I've been doing this for two years.
0: Since you're at the journeyman status, what would you tell me as a Mandalorian? So
1: Mandalorians are um, a people like Boba Fett. Um, and they have their own culture and their own gods. Um, they are not allowed to like take their armor off like ever. And their guns are like part of their religious practices. So they have to have their guns with them all the time. They're bounty hunters like... All of them are bounty hunters. Like, uh-huh. 100% of them are bounty hunters because I don't know why. IDK. They just, like, don't have a lot of other skills. And, um, there is currently a show on Disney Plus. Oh, is there? Um, yes. Uh, it is, f- f- uh, centered around a Mandalorian, not Boba Fett. Don't get it twisted. This Mandalorian? He ain't Boba Fett. He ain't your mama's Boba Fett. He ain't even your Boba Fett because he's not Boba Fett
0: at all. He doesn't even have a name. He's just the Mandalorian. yeah he's
1: the Mandalorian. He's been roped into doing a job for Werner Herzog and this job involves a baby Yoda and that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to do spoilers.
0: Very good. You know quite a bit already but this is a culture. This part of Star Wars is something that unsurprisingly has been mined and drilled and just dug up and just Just spread all over the dang place like a fire hose of lore. People freaking love Mandalorians. Yeah, they do.
1: Yeah, they do. Why do you think that is, though? Is it just because Boba Fett was cool? Is Boba Fett cool? What's cool about Boba Fett? The answer is yes.
0: So what I'm going to tell you about today is about Mandalorian culture and society. And I'm trying to stay as close as I can to the canon side of things because, like most Star Wars things... It has been running to the ground.
1: Well, there's like a lot so, of books about Boba Fett and Mandalorians, I
0: well, think. Yeah, you would surprise you how far back it goes in the Legends continuity. I'm just talking about how it fits into the canon continuity. So maybe when you watch this 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 show you talk... I don't know. What is it called? The Mandalorian?
1: It's called Baby Yoda Adventures. Oh, Baby
0: Yoda Adventures. When you watch that and you see this... Baby Yoda genius, And you see the, uh, the, the supporting character of the Mandalorian, you'll understand maybe where he's coming from a little more when you're not watching main character Baby Yoda. Yeah. So... The Mandalorians. Let's talk about them a little bit. Let's talk about them. The Mandalorians were also known as the Mandoa, or the Mandoade, or Children of Mandalore, were a nomadic group of clan-based people consisting of members of multiple species and multiple genders, all bound by a common culture.
1: Now, was there originally a planet called Mandalore?
0: There is, in fact, a planet called Mandalore, and it does still exist in the Star Wars Why aren't they there? Well, I'm going to talk to you about that. Okay. That's part of their twisted history. Lay it on me. So... At the very beginning, early Mandalorian culture started with one species. It was called the Tong species. T-A-U-N-G. And again, this is not in the canon continuity. This sounds is in Legends. Chinese. but Chinese. Tong? The Tong Dynasty. It's Tong, T-A-U-N-G. I don't think it's spelled with an A. Excuse me. But
1: it still sounds Chinese, though. I'm just saying.
0: They were a religious warrior society. There's these green guys, kind of like these long, tenderly faces. They had, like, they look kind of cool. Sounds
1: like Prince Caesar. A little...
0: They, they had like not like didn't have like top knots. They had like like tendrils off their faces. They didn't wear kimonos. No, they were like warrior guys who lived in the jungle. Um, There's sophisticated laws and customs that went on to become what they called the canons of honor. And war was practiced as a form of ritual worship of their mul- of their multiple gods. So these beliefs got a uh, uh, kind of adopted by people who followed the Tong species. Uh huh. And eventually they ended up. With a society based around the planet Mandalore that followed the original Tong beliefs while being their own thing of not just Tong people. And they were all different, all
1: different, like, races and species, yeah. Species,
0: okay. Yep. This life of war eventually turned to dreams of expansion because obviously they're stuck on one planet. They have this, like, war based religion. They want to expand. When you're bit. militaristic, that's, like, the only right. logical end game. And so a group of Mandalorian warriors called the Crusaders began waging war against other people to conquer other worlds. Crusaders.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's not keep it subtle in any way, shape, or now, form. Look, it's
0: not as close to them you think. Armor clad and wielding swords. The Crusaders lay waste to many worlds during their wars. So this is back before blasters. These guys are just using melee weapons and like stuff. swords. Swords. They're, they're swords. like literally space They were called Crusaders. They were
1: called Knights Templarians. And they were
0: taking over planets that were of the... How do you say? The... Muslim? No, the... The... Yeah. the they're they, they, the muslima people of the religion of the <laughs> not really
1: is it and they please worship the god it's not actually the muslima people
0: lala was their god and, please
1: tell me this is not true and that's
0: where abhor akbar got his name because they say lala akbar and please tell me that's no, not no i'm making this true. up <laughs> <laughs>
1: these are star wars i wouldn't even I know. ask them
0: um, they conquered several worlds and systems beyond their own on mandalore including the planets crow nest and concord dawn which of course, they wow. named themselves. It's like Why do really, they sound like boats? <laughs> they're really epic names, you yeah. know, like these cool warrior names. Uh, the world of Concord Darn bore the world bore the scars of a hundred wars as almost a third of its planetary mass was fractured and reduced to space rubble. So cool. it's like a planet with like a third of its ch- like chunk taken out of it, like a big bite of a cookie from all the wars they had there.
1: Wow. Wouldn't that like throw off its orbit and eventually send it spiraling into a sun?
0: No, what are you talking about? Okay, never mind. This is Star Wars. It's really scientifically accurate. So these like were kind of like these conquests were how Mandalore culture began to spread itself and adopt other people into its way of life. Um, and it kind of was back in the old Republic times. They kind of became a, a uh, like a nation, like a force to be reckoned with. Right? Okay. Eventually, they spread out to the inner rim as well, uh, like where Coruscant is in the current Star Wars timeline. Yeah. Right? But eventually, by coming into the inner rim, it got them in conflict with the Jedi Order. Uh-oh. And the Old Republic, they protected. This is back like 3,000 years oh, before Oh, there's going Battle to be one colonial
1: power around here.
0: Now, the first time they fought Jedi Knights, they got their butts kicked. Because they had all these crazy magic powers. They never saw these before. Like, this is all like, new to them. they can
1: turn around really fast. They
0: can turn around really fast. Like,
1: flip a stick around.
0: They can wave their hand and make you say something stupid. They can do
1: somersaults.
0: They can... They can... Probably handstand. They can make a pear float in front they of them. They can probably and, do burpees. They can do burpees and not even get tired. <laughs> and they can also burp and not even get tired. Not or get tired. A power I'm still trying to learn. So they never saw this kind of challenge before. So they kind of went back to Mandalore, all prideful and boastful, and like, we can't get our butts kicked. And so they went on like a full techno- technological revolution to build things that could kill Jedi. Whoa. Yeah. Like, specifically. Specifically. They had a major advancement in their culture. They had this great leap forward just so they could fight Jedi and take over the worlds they protected. Um... They built also a fighting style that combined their arsenal and skills to counteract a Jedi's supernatural abilities. Their own, like, Mando martial arts, essentially, Whoa. that involved not only, like, hand-to-hand combat, but, like, ranged weapons and things like that that Jedi couldn't counter. Um, and they began to start winning battles against the Jedi, taking over their worlds, and uh, and they got kind of this reputation. They're kind of legendary because these are the only guys who can actually take down a Jedi. Yeah. Because they, they, like, specifically trained to do this one to thing. To do, like, that one thing. That's, like, the one yeah. thing they can do. Um, they had a generations-long conflict, like, hundreds of years of battle between the Jedi and the Mandalorian. Uh-huh. And it was remembered even as far forward in the future as, like, the Clone Wars. They remembered back to the, the great Jedi Mandalore Wars. How many,
1: like, years was it before the Clone Wars that this happened? So this is, like,
0: 3,000 BBY. Oh, so, like,
1: 3,000 years previously.
0: Yes. Cool. So kind of these legendary battles between these these dudes with jetpacks and, and armed arm f- flamethrowers I'm sorry, they had the same swords. technology
1: 3,000 years ago. you the thing like, about Star Wars. They really it,
0: developed that much you, at all. You've played Knights of the Old Republic, or watched someone play I've it, right? I've watched
1: someone play it, yes.
0: Notice how it's very similar.
1: Yeah, yeah, things like have not changed Everyone, at all.
0: They have guns, they have lightsabers, the droids are a little more primitive, but they're still just as smart. And Why doesn't do
1: society in the Star Wars universe ever move forward? They still have
0: hype faster than light travel. They
1: still Their language is still basically the same.
0: Basically the same. Basically,
1: <laughs> language has changed now, a lot in three thousand years. Here's
0: where I can do a little, uh little uh a side note here about the how his things don't change in Star Wars. Um When I was looking at the history of Mandalore and the Legends continuity, it goes all the way back to like ten thousand years before oh the Battle God. of Yavin. And this is it's so dumb, Joanna. It's like <laughs> these. Oh, God, it's so <laughs> dumb. It's like these. I hate are you it. sure you don't mean it's very cool? No, I mean it's very dumb because it's like. Some guy saw Boba Fett and is like, what if they went back like 10,000 years and they all look like Boba Fett? They're just like picking
1: a random number. like 10,000 years, it has no meaning to them at all. It's like 10,000
0: years BC where it's just like mammoths being used to build the pyramids. Right, right. And it's like back when they didn't have fast and light travel and they're using like spears and swords. But the Jedi are there and they have like you know, battery mounted laser swords that like attach to their belts and it's like, shut up. That's, how, that's,
1: that's how we show they're more primitive, that they're battery mounted.
0: Yeah. Like it has a, a wire hooked up to their belt so they can make a lightsaber come out. It's like so dumb, Joanna.
1: Ryan, clearly that would be like the only technological innovation that would happen in 10,000 years is going wireless. I... <laughs> think about it. Are we that different from people who lived 10,000 years ago? We're not, except we could go wireless. Yeah. They had to have wires on their phones. That's how primitive they were and <laughs> now we don't.
0: <sighs> anyway, constant, anyway, going back to our actual things that matter in the yes. Mandalore timeline, uh, constant warfare and all these campaigns across the galaxy, they ravaged the planet Mandalore. So like, um, various clans were like fighting the Jedi, but they also fought among themselves as well. There's a lot of like civil wars between the sure. Mandalorian clans, right? Um, and eventually, it, it, uh, this great struggle, the last big one they had between Mandalorian warlords and the Jedi, occurred on the planet Mandalore itself. And it caused kind of like a, it's kind of unknown in history how it happened, but a cataclysmic event that devastated the whole planet and turned it into a dead white desert entirely. All life on it was wiped out. Nukes or something? Like like the whole planet was glass essentially.
1: That, wow. Yeah. A forest fire.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and there was no Smoky Bear to put no like, it out. It's your responsibility. Yeah, it's just Smoky Bear. You, you made this have, mess. You clean it up. Only you have the power to prevent forest fires. Smoky, you doing cannot. shit. <laughs> I tried. I can't do it. Um, so this event ended the Mandalorian Jedi battles as well as the Mandalorian's dreams of expansion because, like, their home planet was just like wrecked. The but Jedi, they had other
1: ones, right?
0: They did, but not as like the Jedi did like push them back pretty hard. They got, mm. they got their shit pushed in pretty mm. bad. And mm. it was like a real kind of a uh, humbling moment for Mandalore society. So as a result, they had to spend like the next few decades rebuilding their their society and their homeworld um, from the ashes of what remained. Uh, it forced them to adapt. They had to live underground on Mandalore now because the surface was uninhabitable wasteland. Mm-hmm. Like, radiated. There's like a lot of people in Star Wars that end up having to live underground. And
1: I'm just kind of like, if you have like the ability to travel between planets, why don't you just go to another planet?
0: Yeah. So, meanwhile, the Jedi are off actually uh, making the Republic a thing. Yeah. And, like, you know, developing that. The Mandalores are, all, you know, scuttling down into Mandalore's tunnels and just, like, you know, licking their wounds pretty much. Um, but since they're so isolated, more civil battles broke out between the Mandalorian clans. Oh, no. Okay. They laid low for, like, many, many years. A group of Mandos, uh, among them, really wanted to turn to, like, conquest and battle. Okay. And they're all, like... No, we need to rebuild our society. But these guys are like, no, we gotta go fight people. And they went off and started some fights and caused some problems. And so they got exiled. No, we gotta fight. They this group got exiled to the uh, the planet Concordia, and they started a terrorist group called Death Watch. Wow. Yeah. Wait, Death Watch. Death Watch.
1: What does that mean? That means like it seems like it's like a like a like a group that's just gonna like watch watch out for death. Like it's gonna like keep track of death and like
0: uh, report human rights abuses. No, they would do like crazy hit and run attacks. Oh, so they watch times. you die. Right. Right. They're, that's Death. they are real like radical group of Mandalorians who decided that we want to get back to our warlike society. So it's by causing like causing crimes. It's not like
1: neighborhood watch.
0: No, this war crimes watch. They're like they're like want people to they want to watch people die.
1: Death Watch is neighborhood watch if neighborhood watch was like watching neighborhood. Yeah happened
0: now this, this if you watch the clone wars cartoon there's a whole arc of the story that revolves around death watch uh-huh. it's kind of interesting um they have like the the leader of the new mandalorians like quote-unquote good mandalorians led by a um a woman named duchess satine mm-hmm. who kind of has a history with obi-wan it's kind of cool okay kind of this former romantic flame with obi-wan yeah, you never see Obi Wan? I
1: never knew. I never knew Obi Wan had a romantic
0: bone in his and, body. And she's a Mandalorian. Wait, duchess, aren't yeah.
1: Jedi like not supposed to do that?
0: Right, but it's kind of fun in the show to kind of pitch to just at it.
1: Stick in the mud about it all yeah, the time. Right, oh right. My God.
0: Uh, during the Clone Wars, Darth Maul, who didn't actually die, came back with his Shadow Collective, and he scooped up Death Watch as part of his guys. Okay, it's so like just I, I will guys. help you retake Mandalore if you guys do help me do like crimes. war crimes. do you help me do war crimes. <laughs> so. <laughs> This is this is this is dumb. It's part of the Clone Wars cartoon. It's kind I bet of you liked the Clone Wars. I do, cartoon. I do. But this part always kind of made me be like, "Come on, guys!" It is written so, for children. So saying. Darth Maul had Death Watch paint their armor red and called the renamed them to his super commandos, <laughs> and their armor Please. looked like this.
1: Wait, wait.
0: Okay, so it's just Red Boba Fett with some horns on it. He called them Super Commandos. Darth Maul Super Commandos. That's dorky. That's super dorky. Yeah. The Super Commandos. What is he? Eleven. They were able to actually retake Mandalore, like from the like this this radical group was able yeah, to retake those super it. Super
1: Commando abilities. Um,
0: but then Maul was defeated again, and the new Mandalorians went back to you know clean up the mess and and. Get get these super commandos taken care of. <laughs> get rid of those
1: super Golly. commandos.
0: But then the Empire showed up.
1: Super commando is when you go without underwear for like <laughs> months at a time. That's super commando.
0: A super commando is when you not only not wear underwear but you don't wear pants.
1: <gasps> that is super commando. And also you don't wear a dick. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's gone. You take it off. <laughs> you take your skin off. <laughs>
1: you take your skin off from the waist down. That's super commando.
0: Now, this part of the history is a little bit shady. We don't really know what all's going on. This is actually history as it's being written because in the Mandalorian TV show, I think like they're going to talk about this more. But it, when the Empire came and took Mandalore and kind of took it over, a great event called the Great Purge. Uh took place in which the Empire gathered all the Beskar steel that they collected this precious armor metal that they used and forced the Mandalorians to operate in secrecy kind of like wiping out their society which is why in the Mandalorian TV show it's like all underground it's secret it's secret so that's a little bit of their history up into where our current show takes place. Yes. Um, if you want to learn more about Mandalorians, the, uh, the Clone Wars cartoon has a lot of that. Also, one of the main characters in the Rebels cartoon. Yes. Uh, like one of the female characters on the show uh, is a Mandalorian. Uh-huh. She's also a graffiti artist, which is kind of cool. She like, Aww, she's she like and stuff. Got, oh, she's yeah. She's got like a magenta Boba Fett suit. Whoa. Her name's Sabine. She's got like cool dyed hair and stuff. She's awesome. She's really cool. You see her face? Yeah. Because
1: exp- we have not seen a single Mandalorian's face. Well, I her- thought that was like against the religion. It
0: is, but Sabine takes off her helmet a lot. I don't know. Maybe things changed when they went underground. Okay. I think maybe part maybe of Maybe it- they
1: lost Jesus. You know how some people found Jesus? They, they lost, lost they Jesus. They lost their religion. That's them in the spotlight losing their religion.
0: <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah. Now, I think I think part of it may be in the show, I'm just speculating, but I think it might be because- they don't want to reveal their identities to the Empire, who might be still around. Oh, yeah. Even though, like, the Empire's like, reduced, they don't want to... Like, yeah, yeah. They have, they've, they've gotten a the society of, of secrecy. Yeah. Come the Mandalorian times, which is like five years after Return of the Jedi. So maybe, right. they, maybe they're trying to keep it under wraps. I don't know. We'll figure it out more as the show goes on, probably. But as it is now, we don't know. We don't know. Know. And Sabine takes her helmet off all the time, just so we can see her talking. I think it's for animation purposes, but... Cool. You know. Now let's talk about the society and culture. We've talked about their history. Kind yes, of, it's kind of a rough idea of this warlike society they have. Um, let's talk about a little bit more about it in detail. Okay. So they're a classical meritocracy. Uh, rank and status really didn't mean anything as long as you actually like accomplished things okay. in their society, right? Meritocracy. And
1: by accomplishing things, it usually means like killing people for money.
0: Yeah, but there's like they more. They're a multifaceted society. Well, they're just like
1: anything for money. Not just killing. I guess they probably do other things for money. Wash cars. Yeah,
0: you know, do like a lemonade stands Yeah, bake sale. Punch yourself
1: in the face for five dollars on Fiverr.
0: Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, Mandalorians are split into clans, and each of these clans have a chieftain, and they don't really have like a like a nation sort of thing. They're kind of pretty. They're kind of a nomadic society. Where different clans operate. Excuse me. operating out of different planets and they moved around a lot. So there wasn't like a like a central government of the Mandalorians, but there was one person that they would call the um the Mandalor, like Man
1: Mandalor. So
0: M A N D apostrophe Alor. They have a lot of apostrophes in Mandalorian language. Uh-huh. So the Mandalor. The
1: man the man of Alor. Of Alor the so man of Alor. What is the
0: man of Alor? He's like the kind of the closest thing they have to a head of state. Okay. Um and it changed between the clans. Usually one of the chieftains would become the Mandalore. And they would, like, in the Legends continuity, Boba Fett became the Mandalore during the Yuzang Vong invasion. Fucking of course he did, because yeah. Yuzhang
1: Vong, everything really fucking cool had right. to happen.
0: Right. Freaking dumb. All but, at once. So some of the clans included the Clan Fett, uh, Sikarta, Ordo, Bralor, Brevin, Vivut, and Vizla. So there's lots of different clans. Uh-huh. And the Rens, which is Sabine's clan from yes. Rebels. Um, central to their culture was the Resulnerre. Or the six actions. These are like the things, six tenets of their society. Okay, lay them on. Okay, me. you ready? Always
1: so, be killing
0: this with big guns. Oh, you you knew it all. You yeah. must have read the chronicle <laughs> like I did. Um, so these six tenets defined what it meant to be Mandalorian. And like we said before, there wasn't one set species of Mandalorian. You could be any species as long as you were like allowed into a clan. As long as you follow these six tenets, you were considered to be part of their Mandalorian society. Okay. So first of all, you got to wear armor. Yes. Gotta wear armor. At all times, too. A lot of the time, yeah. (laughs) What define a lot of the time?
1: You must wear armor a lot of the time. (laughs) You gotta
0: speak the Mandalorian language. Okay.
1: But they definitely speak basic in the Mandalorian TV show. They do,
0: but among each other, they speak Mandoa, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Okay. Um, You have to defend yourself along with your family. Yeah. Obviously. You have to contribute to the welfare of your clan. Mm, By killing people and getting money. However you need to do it bringing money in or bringing in food or whatever, you gotta, you gotta do something for your peeps, right? Yeah. You gotta rally to the Mandalore when summoned by him or her. Okay. The leader of the Mandalorians. And you have to raise your children in the Mandalorian ways. What does that mean? Following the six All tenets. All the, the, the,
1: the, the previous five yeah. tenets? Okay. Yep.
0: Not so hard, right? No. Right? No. So you had to, like, every day, you had to remind yourself of the Rez Elnor, and you had to follow these six tenets because, okay. you know, to remain a Mandalorian. Gender meant little in Mandalorian society, uh, there was scarcely any distinction between male and female in their language. Mm-hmm. It's pretty like unisex language. Yeah. Um, all the males are expected to be warriors and responsible for their sons to become the same. And females were held at the same standard. Okay. Raise your sons. Uh, there's a saying they had. What in about Man- your daughters? Daughters. Yeah. So it, there's a saying in Mandalore, raise your son strong, raise your daughters stronger. Ooh. You want lady fighters. And so the, the kind of the stereotypical Mandalorian was not expected to be pretty or delicate but strong yes. and, like, confident, right? In fact, the word "landor" or delicate, was a common insult among Mandalorian women. Ooh. You gotta be tough broad to be a Mandalorian. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. girls are tough. In Mandalorian society, marriage was expected to be lifelong and took place shortly after you turned 16 years old. Yeah. So, great time to pick your life partner, but, you know. Uh,
1: I feel like I might have picked a life partner at 16... Well, first of all, it probably would have been an animated character. But second of all,
0: like it probably would not have worked out. <laughs> no, I kind of like the ritual of marriage because it usually was just the two people who were getting married. Yeah. In front of like some kind of leader of the clan or something. And all I had to do is say a phrase and you oh. were done. And the phrase was, Mi solis tome, mi solis da tome, mi da dueni an, mi bajuri verde. What
1: does that mean?
0: Uh, we are one when together. We are one when parted. We share all. We will raise warriors.
1: Wow.
0: That's it. Then you're married.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I like that. I like that you don't have to spend like, you know, $25,000 or whatever. Yeah, 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 Just gotta say the same words
0: at the same time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about seating arrangements or like, you know, minimums on uh, catering. And yeah, no, it's nice. And this is a
0: lifelong marriage. so Wait,
1: you're not allowed to get divorced?
0: You could. I feel like that's bad if you're getting I did look look this up. It says, In rare circumstances, such as abandonment of the children or failure, to live up to responsibilities. Partners could divorce one another. With a declaration that they were shukla Durok or a broken love, mm. and he could remarry. Yeah, uh, homosexuality and same-sex marriages were like widely accepted by Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, Goran Bevan and Medrit Vasur, openly homosexual married couple, living on Mandalore, and like were fully integrated and no problem.
1: Okay, so, that's good. Yeah.
0: That's yep, good. I mean, yep. like,
1: yeah, they're killing people, but, but like, again, at least they're kind of woke.
0: Also, adoption was extremely common in Mandalore society, to the point where even adults could be adopted into, like, a, a family. Really? Yeah. So... You know, they do that They do that in Japan. I know they do. That's you what it reminds adults. me of. That's, like, because they don't have
1: gay marriage, a lot of times they'll just yeah, you know, one <laughs> just, like, adopt the other.
0: <laughs> right. Because of the Mandalorian's constant connection to war, widows and orphans became an inescapable part of life. Oh. And so, um, a lot of war orphans... Like, of their enemies. They would, yeah. they would adopt as their own children to, take,
1: oh. to give them
0: a home and give them a society.
1: Well, that's big of them. Yeah,
0: pretty good, right? Like marriage, adoption rituals were really simple. It was called the Gaibal Manda, or name and soul. And the adoption was carried out by adopting parents stating, Ni Krital gai sa'ad, to the, atten- to the intended child. What's which meant, mean? I know your name is my child.
1: Wow.
0: And that's it. But you're a kid now.
1: But couldn't you, what if you stole other people's kids that way?
0: It's gotta be official. I know I, your name
1: is my child. You got
0: yoink. You, you got It's gotta be like. <laughs> you still like at the, you know, like Kroger or something. I because hope it they doesn't don't. Doesn't happen again. They have a society that's part and part of the six tenants. There's no tenant that says kidnap children at the grocery but store. But there's no k- tenant that says don't kidnap children at the grocery store. Well, hang on, hang on. We, let's look at this. Let's just check. There's it out. not. You don't think so? No. You have to contribute to the welfare of your clan, right? Uh huh. But still- what if, in your
1: mind, welfare is kidnapping that child?
0: Um, what well, if
1: you're like some delusional person? You're like, they're going to be better off with me. So welfare of my clan is I kidnap this child from uh, Ralph's. I don't know,
0: man. You got to take it up with Mandalorians. I'm not really sure.
1: Like That's this question. is, yeah, food lion. This kid, a food lion is mine now.
0: So yeah. So there are a lot of foundlings in Mandalorian society. If you watch the Mandalorian show, the main character is a foundling. We get little flashbacks of him as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, as his family getting like gunned down or whatever. Also
1: and a foundling?
0: Maybe Yoda. Yoda. Boda. I think he sees a little bit of himself in that little green frog. Probably. Yeah. He's got to grow into those ears. He's so cute. It was a custom for them to recite the names of loved ones and friends who have passed away each night before sleep as a way of keeping the memory alive. Um, So they have really strong family connections. That's kind of what... They're about me familia. You don't mess with the family. It's all about family. It's about respect. Mm -hmm. Not space Italians, but you know.
1: No, that would be like Watto.
0: Yeah. So the uncertainty of life meant most Mandalorians celebrated the time they had at every opportunity. Uh, they had communal singing, drinking, enjoying time with family. Um,
1: they're like Space Mormons, the way you're putting it. Well, of, I,
0: didn't, I guess Space Mormons wouldn't
1: drink high sea yeah. <laughs> or something. But they,
0: they had a term called Ahian, which is a Mandalorian term that encompassed the joy of time spent with loved ones while remembering those who were no longer among the living. Wow, they're so wholesome. Goddamn. They translate out as bittersweet. Mm. Yeah. Uh, following the end of the Mandalorian Wars, here's where your killing comes in. They became mercenaries because that was the best way to pay the They bills. weren't already? Well, they were, but like once they could ha- not have their own society anymore and they're kind of like fractured and hiding. Yeah. They had to like, kind of like, instead of waging their own wars, they waged other people's wars for them. Okay. For a, for a got price. It, got they it. spent their whole life training. They have all this anti-Jedi tech. You know, it's what they did. You what? know, kind of like in everything in Star Wars, you have one member of the society, Boba Fett, All of them do the same job. All
1: of them do the same job. That's how things work in Star Wars. So uh, you have a planet, the whole planet is the same climate, and everybody on the
0: planet does the same job. So this is kind of interesting. Even though, like, most of them are bounty hunters, like, off Mandalore, in the systems they actually, like, maintained, they took on other jobs, uh, such as toiling in workshops and factories, blacksmithing, working the land as farmers. For a price. For a price. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, i thought this salary. was funny too several mandalorians and mandalore what may, might be considered domestic occupations such as tending bars running shops and working as doctors and veterinarians wait you're like like a boba fett veterinarian i love to see like boba fett wearing a lab coat mean like you know
1: they're like he has kennel cough
0: <laughs> yeah he's a good boy just make sure he uh lays off the rawhide a little bit
1: fat look. he's a four on the
0: scale yeah <laughs> Wanna get his brush teeth, teeth brushed every six months. You know, dental Hygiene is connected to all other aspects of health. And the dog's wearing a little Mandalorian helmet too. Yeah, oh. because it's a Mandalorian dog and a Mandalorian yeah. dad and mom and yeah, family, the Mandalorian kid, you know.
1: Yeah. That's adorable.
0: But I just love the idea of a Mandalorian veterinarian, like wearing this helmet around everywhere. Yeah, this, yeah. Know, <laughs> cracks my butt up. But even if they're a veterinarian, they're all trained in the same martial arts and fighting steals, and they can band together into an army at short notice. Kind of a militia lifestyle. Okay. Right. They're actually like more sociable than you'd expect. You expect this kind of like gruff warrior culture. Yeah, yeah, like,
1: yeah. Kind of tough. Like not that loving. Not yeah, that kind tender. of like they
0: don't talk to the other people that aren't Mandalorians. Yeah. But according to Wikipedia, they're a lot more social than you'd expect. Um, as long as you there's there's some things you got to do though when you talk to Mandalorian. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Make sure you don't make sure you do all these things. Or they're not going to want anything to do with you. Okay. Okay. It's easy. Okay. All you got to do, speak your mind, and say what you meant. Uh huh. Right. Accept a meal when offered. Okay. Look them straight in the eye or in the horizontal section of their visor. Uh-huh. Take off your boots and enter in their home. Yeah. Pay their debts.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, no, you no. have to pay their debts? No, if you have a debt to- You have to, to th- like, pay off their student loans? If you loans? have a debt to okay. them, you have to pay it. <laughs> Thanks for the meal. I took off my shoes. Here's all the money for your student loans.
0: You help take care of their children. Uh-huh. And you never made a pass at a Mandalorian of the opposite sex.
1: You don't make a pass? Don't
0: make a pass. What, can, you can make one at the same unless sex. Unless they take a pass at you and they want to be part of the culture.
1: But same sex is okay. Well, no, because if you're not allowed to make a pass at them, like, who's going to make the pass I think first? this
0: thing means, like, anybody because a homosexual is okay.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, so. I would assume.
0: Um, but as long as you do all those things, they won't hurt you. Easy. Just take your shoes off.
1: Just take your shoes off. Just give whatever they eat you or feed you to eat. Take, help them with their kids. And uh Pay all their debts. Uh, pay off, pay off that outstanding car loan. Yeah, they love that. I mean, they love that.
0: First thing you notice about a Mandalorian, of course, is not their culture, not their family, not their, not their, their methods of taking it's up. It's their boots. sick armor. It is their sick armor. It's cool. It's the coolest thing about them. Called their Beskar Gam, which uh-huh.
1: means
0: iron skin. And uh, Beskar was a type of kind of like the equivalent of adamantium in okay, the star wars universe okay. incredibly strong metal yeah
1: but i saw the episode of the show where that like furry rhino thing like bent up his armor and but
0: that's because it wasn't made of beskar i o- thought it was only his helmet and his pauldron remember they made his shoulder uh, pad out of it that's why he got jacked up by a rhino
1: because his chest plate was not made of beskar.
0: no it was just made regular metal why well, he has to earn it, remember? And he goes to the. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 goes yeah. To the yeah, blacksmith yeah, yeah and she'll be like, yeah, yeah. a pauldron will do nicely, like making a piece at a time for him.
1: Okay. So right? he's still a young buck. He's like still Yeah, he's, he's young, his or stripes. maybe he's
0: not as experienced as other Mandalorians, yeah. or just hasn't won enough Beskar steel. Because at that point in the show, all the Beskar's been hoarded by the Empire, and they're not giving it back. Okay. Right? To Kind of like keep their culture from growing. Yeah. You know? You know, uh, keeping, them, keeping them underground. So, like i mentioned before, they packed it with Jedi proof. Weapons and gears, such as jetpacks, magnet boots, tactical displays in their helmets, gauntlets that are full of ar- like weapons like flamethrowers and needle guns and grappling hooks and all kinds of crazy stuff they need to fight a guy with, they a with a laser sword. They could him with a dart? It was Their armor was passed down through generations as well because it was made of that super valuable Beskar steel. What if steel? your kid was
1: like, super fat and they couldn't fit in your armor?
0: They better get skinny. Okay. Just gotta say. Well, you better get skinny. You can't be a Boba Fat. No. So, like, since there's so many species in Mandalorian pe- culture, like... The only thing that really held them together as like a a unified look was their armor, right? Mm. Because there's like, you know, all different species under those helmets. You think it's mostly humans. In the show, it kind of is mostly humans. In like the cartoons, I mean. But in the Legends continuity and part of the canon, there's other species as well. or Mandalorian warriors. I wonder about some of them that have weird shaped heads, though. Right?
1: Like, what if you adopt? Because they adopt like you know war orphans from other like uh, species? So, yeah. So you can't pass your armor onto them if they have a head that's like I don't know. Like if you were like, like
0: a Rodian and you have like a, have like a Greedo snoot. Yeah. Or you have like a snooty mask. A snooty I do Mandalorian know. mask. You like have this. to you
1: just smoosh your nose down and if not be able to breathe.
0: If you're a Gungan Mandalorian, you have to have like a long snooty mask, but also like ear holes in the back or something. What if you were
1: like corduroy long head guy? Corduroy
0: longy. It's something long. Like, you have head, to wear, like like
1: three helmets on top of each other. What if you were
0: effant <laughs> Mon? Um, and you're just like
1: one big head. Nobody's <laughs> g- nobody's gonna adopt FM. No, <laughs> <don't think> so. <laughs> Nobody.
0: All right. Now they're very like open to customizing their their paint job on their armor. They want to get kind bling- of like personalize your yeah, gear, right? Put
1: little rhinestones on it and stuff. So, like
0: for example, if you had Sam Gold armor, like he painted Sam Gold represented a quest for vengeance. Rose gold, rose gold like, is a quest for gold. vengeance. Oh. <laughs> if you were pink gold peach, you had a quest for vengeance. If you get like a
1: rose gold like iPhone, that is a quest for vengeance. It is.
0: It's not always the case though. Like some like Sabine wanted to like spray paint those crazy colors because like why not. Yeah, It's my armor, I want to be myself, you know? Yeah. Some value, some valued camouflage, but there was a saying in Mandalorian society, it's one thing to see us coming, it's another to do something about it.
1: But wouldn't it benefit them to, to not be seen coming? I hate to be a nitpicker, but... They're just really cool. Like, people are less likely to be able to do something about it if they don't see you. They're just cool. Well, I know. Right? I mean, it's a thing that sounds cool, but isn't really that logical.
0: One last fact about Mandalorian society, they are avid fans of Bolo Ball. What's that? It's called Mesh or The Beautiful Game, in their language. Oh, wait, you
1: told me about this, didn't you?
0: I think I mentioned it in my Star Wars sports episode. Sports. Um, it was, like, their favorite thing to play and watch, and they played it in full armor. Uh-huh. Their full Mandalorian gear. That
1: sounds like it would be very difficult.
0: They play with, like, jetpacks and stuff. It sounds kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Well, all right. I mean, I guess at least nobody's gonna get, like, you know, um, uh, brain injuries or anything.
0: I always wanted to make comedy. The Mandalorians referred to it as their other national pastime. <sighs> After murder. The first one being killing people. Yeah. <laughs> Another favorite game they played was Cubicad. Uh, this was an indoor game, and it used short-handled blades that were stabbed into a checkered game board. Cool. So it's like, you just stab knives into a checkerboard. And it was... I don't understand uh, what the game is. is it's it four same? players. It's literally the
1: same as checkers, you're just stabbing knives.
0: I said four players could do it. And it's just,
1: it sounds like, exactly like checkers, except you ruin the board and have to buy a new one.
0: And it was like, most... They said it was, like, kind of only suited for Mandalorians, so... What does that mean? No one else wanted to play it. (laughs)
1: Everybody just thought it sucked ass.
0: Cubicad sounds stupid to me, but
1: anyway.
0: (laughs) Let's talk about their language real quick before we wrap up. Okay. The uh, galactic records of the Mandalorian language. The Mandalorian language has more terms of insult than any of the widely (laughs) spoken galactic languages.
1: So they were, you know, good family people always adopting, you know, um, orphaned infants, and they just cussed each other up and down
0: constantly. Hold on. Whereas most species choose insults that are based on parentage or appearance... Mandalorian pejoratives are concerned with cowardice, stupidity, laziness, dull conversation, and lack of hygiene. Dull no conversation. It reveals you preo- are so boring to talk to. It reveals the preoccupations of a nomadic warrior culture where bloodline matters less than personal qualities, faces are largely, ma- largely masked, and a clean, efficient camp is crucial to survival. You don't brush your teeth and I don't like listening to your stories. You stink, and you're boring, and you're a baby and, and you poop out your doo-doo ass. You poop out your doo-doo ass and it stinks up the camp. Yeah. Everyone can smell your doo-doo ass from miles away. <laughs> Clean your doo-doo ass up. <laughs> there was a fey Mandalorian named doo-doo ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shut up.
1: That would totally be a Star Wars name, I know. Though. Doo-doo <laughs> ass. Like, i <I'm> totally...
0: <laughs> so, as a speaker of Japanese, Mandalorian is a little similar in that there's uh... um, gender neutrality... Uh-huh. Most of the language, yep. right? Um, they were all about context and shortening sentences as much as possible. Oh,
1: God, I'm familiar um, with
0: that. And so they were able to, like, bark out statements, you know, in, in combat and be able to understood, you know, yeah. by the by the situation. Uh, maybe not so much like Japanese. Uh, they didn't have past or future tenses hmm. in colloquial mandolin. So they just
1: had to say, like, Yesterday. Or two weeks ago. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was like, because they have like terms they could stick in there to imply it was in the past, but each verb did not have a, a past or, or present or future, a eh, present tense, I guess. But no past or future tense Oh, version of it. A
1: Japanese doesn't have a future tense. Really. So there you go, just so, like Japanese, yeah. right?
0: Well, I have some phrases if you want to learn some Mandoa before you get here. Oh, I'm ready, ready, here. ready. Okay. ready. on me. Su gar. Su koigar. That means hello, or literally, so you're still alive. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fun. Alit or Shia Taldin. Alit or Shia Taldin. Family is more than blood. Aww. It's pretty nice. Kapani Mishmure Kaivad. Kapani Mishmure Kaivad. Are you looking for a smack in the face, mate? You what, mate? Is there, again, like, some of them are New Zealandy, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Da! Da! you looking for a smack in the face, mate? you looking for a smack in the face, da? Hachak! Hachak! Damn it. I got that one. Mm. Today is a good day for someone else to die. <laughs> <laughs> Hali katari. Hali
1: katari. Hali katari. Hali katari. Hali katari.
0: They sing it at the the Mandoa bar mitzvah. What does it mean? It means fill your boots, or actually meant colloquially to eat your fill.
1: Oh, okay. Fill okay. your boots. You know, so it does have like a celebratory,
0: yeah, like air to it. Harik bilak. Bilakik. Harik Bilakik. Tired and emotional, which they use as their word for drunk. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <emotional. laughs> I think it's funny.
1: That is really funny. Yeah.
0: That is being drunk. Koyaki. Koyaki. Meant cheers or hang in there. Come back safely. And it literally meant stay alive. Cool. Koyaki. Mirosik. Mirosik. dung for brains. Ooh. Here's some of these insults. Kaishmir Solis. Kaishmir Solis. He's an idiot, which meant literally his brain cells are lonely. His
1: brain cells are lonely.
0: Oribukye ki COVID. Oribukye ki COVID. All helmet, no head.
1: Ah.
0: Uh... Someone with an overdeveloped sense of authority. It's
1: oh, like that's
0: interesting. Big head, right? Soran Shab. Soran Shab. It was a contemptuous and triumphant comment, like, Suck on that! Suck on that! You suck it! So they're playing bolo ball, they're like, Soran shab! when they get like a touchdown or whatever. S- s- Soran shab! We can also count to 10 in Mandoa. I'm ready. Solus. Solus. Todd. Todd. En. En. Queer. Queer. Rashea. Rashea. Resol. Resul. Itad. Itad. She Sheen. Shekut. Shekut. Teresh. Teresh. 1 to 10, right there. Wow! You get it. Uh. Real quick before we wrap up, behind the scenes, um, when The Empire Strikes Back was in production, obviously they were making up all the side characters and bounty hunters and stuff, and they came up with the design for Boba Fett. And they decided that this would be a squad of super commandos that, like, uh, with weapons in, built into their white suits, which is, didn't actually happen with Boba Fett. Uh-huh, ah, yeah. Originally Boba Fett was gonna be a white-suited armor guy. Oh,
1: no, he didn't look like that at all.
0: Not at all. Um... And but they, they were they were first mentioned in the Empire Strikes Back novelization that he was from Mandalore. Um, they were a group of quote unquote evil warriors defeated by the Jedi Knights during the Clone Wars.
1: Okay, so I mean,
0: not super far off from where they ended up in the actual yeah, you know,
1: except he's not white.
0: Yeah, he's stuff. New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> I have some concept art of the original Boba Fett armor. Like, oh yeah, it's
1: very white. I mean, yeah. like, it looks the same, it's just white. The first it's one's like, like some white people literally a,
0: warrior hel- like a samurai helmet, though, which is kind of cool.
1: Right, well, it looks a little bit Darth Vader-ish. Yeah,
0: a little bit. You can see where they maybe decided to color it up a little bit. And they probably thought they'd be confused with, like, stormtroopers, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, anyway... They became a whole thing. And that's where we get the Mandalorian TV show now.
1: Wow. So what do you guys think? Are you watching the Mandalorian? Are you down yeah. with Baby Yoda? Thanks for teaching me about the
0: Mandalorian, Ryan. Sure. Does it help your understanding of their species and their world and their... I mean,
1: like, I pretty much had a handle on it, but now i get some more nuance. Like, the murder people. But, like, they have a code of ethics. They it just happens to
0: include murdering people. all about familia, uh,
1: family! Hey! Yeah. I didn't really think of Boba Fett as being, like, a family guy, but maybe he was. Well, he
0: wasn't because he was a clone. He never had a family to go back to. And eventually the Mandalorians did accept him into their society. Oh, really? But he was, like, kind of seen as a, you know... Outsider. Outsider to Because his with. dad died. his dad.
1: Because of his dad.
0: Yeah. And Jango was kind of not, like... They didn't really like the idea that he let himself be cloned, you know? That was kind of, like, a... Weird. Kind of weird to, like you but it's not in
1: their little code of ethics, so though. It's behind? not,
0: but it's, like, he didn't really contribute back to Mandalorian society by doing that, and, like, you know. Like, not everything has to contribute to society. Sometimes you can do things
1: just because you want to. That's You're allowed of, to enjoy your life. That's part of their tenets. Their six tenets. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you ready for our uh, return of our wonderful segment? Can I get the theme song? The hot, the hot, the hot, the, hot, the hottest turn. That's what I love to hear every week. Now, last time we put up two... Count them, two polls. Yes. About hot takes. The first poll we put up. Which is better? Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Well, Lord of the Rings is newer, so not as popular. Star Wars is much older. Yep. Star Wars is older than Lord of the Rings. Versus, what are some great Star Wars names? <laughs> I need a good one. Make it cool. Karkadoff Undu. <laughs> Ostar Crepe, Isis Skyrider. Just- Babutov <laughs> Kaladar. Just off the top of my head. Just off the top of my head. Just wrap a little bit. According to the people. The people have spoken... Star Wars is much older is a hotter take.
1: It is a hotter take. It is a hotter take. It takes it I mean, takes a really hot mind to, you know, like, just completely contradict
0: history. It got stomped, in fact. It has 100% of the votes. Really? Yeah. No one voted for my... Like, <laughs> I feel like mine, you have to read them out loud and hear how stupid they sound in the air. If you read them, it's ISIS, like... Isis Skyrider, whatever the yeah. hell it is. So, that's a point in the, the Middle Earth category. Awesome. The next poll... Which evil wizard is Trump more like? Sauron or Sauron? The answer? Well, technically, Sauron is not a wizard. Personally, I think Trump is more like Dolores Umbridge. <laughs> Versus, what would have happened if Anakin used a condom? <laughs> now, this is another one where Lord of the Rings stomped all what over. What was the right?
1: answer to what if Anakin had used a condom?
0: Well, he cannot have been motivated to cross over to the dark side. That's and right. then he would have had his son kill him or whatever. Or kill the emperor. Um, yeah, people thought the Umbridge one was stupider. so Lord <laughs> yeah, Asanaia, right. So, that's... Two to zero as far as recent polls and hot takes. I'm not entirely sure that the Lord of the Rings one is going to win this time because it's really stupid. All right. Well, can
1: you read it to me? (laughs) Here we go. I'm not even sure if this counts as a take. All right. This comes from our friends on Yahoo Answers. What on earth is an Aragorn? Dot, 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 dot. And why is everyone always talking about it? Now, the the real meat and potatoes of this post is that it is posted under holidays ramadan <laughs> and the person wrote
0: ramadan section so he asked about aragorn in the ramadan part of Yahoo because answers. that
1: was their best guess
0: is that aragorn has something to do which with which i had ramadan. no idea existed now what are some of the answers
1: Uh, let's see uh Aragorn is a leader of the Fellowship of the Ring, the hearty group of heroes in the J.R.R. Tolkien <laughs> Fantasy Trilogy, The Lord of the Rings. He's a fictional character from the realm The Lord of the Rings. Actually, he is not on Earth. He is Middle Earth. And then, eliminate the need for code changes when you move to Cloud with
0: Azure. <laughs> <laughs> I love the guy who answers. Yeah, me too. Because that's where mine comes from this week, too. All right. This is a question asked by a guy called, or sorry, a, a lady called Tonks. Okay. Uh, I assume she's a woman. Harry she Potter a Potter fan, Probably. Probably. Uh, The question is, on a scale of 1 to 10, how gay is it that I cried during episode 3? <laughs> 13. It was pretty emotional. Anakin turning to the dark side and all, killing his wife, Obi-Wan at the end. It was depressing to say the least. Good question. You know, she was how gay am how I? How gay am I? Well... A, car- a a fellow named Sneferu. Sneferu? <laughs> What's Sneferu's take on this? This is, uh, I should also mention this was a decade ago this question was asked. You so. can tell the yeah. content of the question gives that away. This it's, is a very, like, 10 years ago question. Uh, Sneferu says, um, it's Star Wars, dude. So I'm giving you a 10. If it was the notebook, <laughs> I'd say 2. I know a bunch of guys who cried during that movie. Star Wars is like crying after an Austin Powers movie because it was so good. Gay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry. Sorry. So, so his take 10 years ago, which was much more big in <laughs> time, is that crying at the notebook, not gay. Crying at Star Wars, super, super gay. gay. It's like crying at
0: Austin Powers because it's, it's so like- funny. Gay. I do cry at Austin Powers. I know.
1: It makes you say he's, he's he's a man out of his, he's own, time. Out his own time. He's lost, he's, so lo-
0: he's lost his mojo. He's
1: lost his mojo. And Mama Cass is dead. It's <laughs> so sad.
0: So, we're gonna post those to our Facebook. What, so, what on earth is an Aragorn? Something to do with Ramadan. <laughs> or, it's gay to. <laughs> gay, crying to Star Wars is gayer than the nobles. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're going to leave it up to you, listeners. You decide. You decide the hottest take. And uh, you can you can, you can can make that vote on our Facebook page. Just search What's Lightsabers Precious. You can also hit us up at www.whatslightsabersprecious.com or email
0: us at what'slightsabersprecious at gmail.com. You think we're cheating by going back to the Yahoo Answers Well every week? I feel like- Yahoo Answers Well?
1: It's, but it's like guaranteed it's endless. gold.
0: It's endless. It's been around for so long. They never get rid of the answers. They're all archived from like 12 years ago. Well, let us know, guys, if you're getting sick of our Yahoo Answers takes. They're not really takes every time. There's a lot of These are just questions that are really dumb and funny. But let us know. We'll, we can actually do better research. But these are just funny. Come on. I just need to share things Come we on, think they're are funny. funny. All right. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye.